Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murin, and I'm the host of this podcast. A quick thank you goes out to those who have followed the Forged in Ohio journey so far. With the most recent launch of the new Instagram platform for the podcast, I really feel like we have hit another gear in the program. So thank you goes out to the listeners, the followers, and the fighters, too, for making Forge in Ohio truly what it is today. We continue on, though, with episode 14, and today I'm not joined by a mixed martial artist. Instead, joining me is a -a one-of-a-kind figure in combat sports. He was a senior-level athlete for the U.S. Marines. In his six-year career, he was a Greco University runner-up and an All-American. This man's credentials in wrestling and even axe throwing as well, which we are going to get into, are remarkable. I'm talking about Josh Russo of DB Training. Thanks for coming on the show, Josh, and welcome to Fortune, Ohio. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show, and I'm excited to talk to you about so many different things as it relates to wrestling. From the start, though, I got to ask you how you got into Greco-Roman wrestling from the very beginning. Greco started with me, actually, um, by a surprise. I actually wasn't planning to to transition into Greco, but um, when I joined the Marine Corps, my, my goal was to uh, actually wrestle for the Marines, and in doing so... Their team, the whole uh, Marine Corps wrestling team was Greco-based. I didn't know that actually until I got there. Didn't have much social media. They didn't do much advertising or anything at that point. So it was a it was a shock to me when I got there. But I just jumped straight in and learned Greco the hard way. Yeah, what was that transition like being kind of surprised going to the Marines and realizing it's not something that you, I guess, would have expected originally? Um, I mean, it was tough. My I had a really really good training partner my actually uh my uh partner he was a national team member at the time for greco so like being a guy who was has never wrestled greco in my life make the team and then my my partner is the guy in the u.s you know like so i I had a i had a rough time learning it and i got my butt kicked a lot but but it all worked out when were you actually like first exposed to wrestling aside from even greco itself like did you wrestle in high school and things like that yeah, um, I'm actually from Ohio. I wrestled in high school. Um, I wrestled in Kentucky uh, for one year, my junior year. Um, but I've been wrestling for 26 years now. So mm. I started wrestling when I was three years old, actually. Talking about your actual career with the Marines, I know this is an incredibly open question, but what was it actually like wrestling for the Marines? Honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better job in the Marine Corps. Like, my whole purpose signing up for the Marines was to be a wrestler. Like I knew I had the information that there was a wrestling team and I wanted to be a part of that. And that was why I signed up for the Marines. Um, and I couldn't have made a better choice, honestly, because the Marine Corps life in general, um, it's pretty rough. You know, a lot of people resent the Marine Corps once they get out, but if you do it right, if you take your time and you know, you, you do what you're supposed to do, it's, it's, it's not so bad, but it's a, it's a rough lifestyle. Obviously a lot of people would know that. But being on the wrestling team, man, we were privileged. Like our, our day jobs were wrestling. It was, we had what, two practices a day, five times a week. And that was our job. Like that was what we got paid to be Marines for was to wrestle. It was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that work ethic, I could only imagine what that was like. You mentioned how some people leave the Marines and actually resent it. 
were there any times with your time at the Marines where you kind of felt that way or went through some trials and tribulations along the way? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I actually remember a few very distinct memories um, when I when I wanted to, like, just throw it all away. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy I didn't. There was a couple of times in boot camp where I was I was shocked a little bit. But other than that, like a few of the training things like it's a, it's a different it's a different world um, being in the military. Like there's there's literally different like laws that you have to abide by and like different ethics and rules and stuff like that. So how you handle yourself is differently. How you react to things is different. And when you're new to that sort of thing, it's it's a change in lifestyle. Like they, the Marine Corps takes your old life, throws it away and they rebuild you. And if, if you're not like into transitioning into that kind of thing, it, it makes it tough, but it's just something you gotta, you gotta work through if it's, if it's what you want, you know? Sure. And while you were wrestling with the Marines, what type of accomplishments did you have and reach while you were there and wrestling for them? Um, so I wrestled at the, the armed forces championships. Uh, that's a pretty uh, high esteem wrestling tournament. Obviously there's, there's freestyle, there's Greco and through that tournament, it gives uh, the military, uh, the military wrestlers like the army. We wrestle against the army, the navy, the air force. It gives us opportunities to qualify for the Olympic trials and things like that. But as far as like accomplishments go, I was one. Of, I was fortunate enough to be one of the few. I think there was like ten of us that got permanent orders to the Marine wrestling team, which was so permanent orders is like they couldn't they couldn't pull me away to like go fight wars or whatever. Like my job i was contracted with the wrestling team solely like i couldn't get pulled back to a unit and do some actual war fighting stuff you know um but i uh we had a lot of tournaments we went to had a lot of great experiences university nationals was always was always a fun one um i took second uh at university nationals and then proceeded to take i think fourth maybe the following year uh, I, re- I got to wrestle at the, the grand prix um the paris grand prix um, we got to train at the the Olympic Training Center out in Paris with France and a whole bunch of countries surrounding that area. It, it was that was an incredible experience, an incredible tournament too. Um, a lot of there was, I mean, we did a lot of traveling, did a lot of training camps, we did a lot of clinics for high schools and D1 colleges, and uh, the whole experience in general is just it's it's rewarding in itself. Yeah, I could only imagine. You mentioned the time where you know you were signed on just to wrestle for the Marines. In that moment when you were initially aware of that, what was that like knowing that you kind of got what you were always asking for? Honestly, like it was it was my game plan. Like that was my goal the whole time. Like I I'm kind of defiant. <laughs> like when it came in my younger years, I was I was I was pretty defiant. So like for me to join the Marine Corps, like I probably wouldn't have made it at that age I was without wrestling because of how I used to uh, like carry myself, but um, things have changed obviously, but I was, I was very fortunate. It was my goal to make it on that team and to be a permanent spot. And it was kind of, I don't want to say easy cause it wasn't, but having a good relationship with my coach and my training partners and things like that. It like, I kind of, I kind of expected it almost just because I had the ability and, you know, I was there and we were pushing each other and I was, I was one of the guys at my weight class, you know, and you could just tell in the wrestling room that that was, that was where I was meant to be. Did you suffer any major injuries while wrestling for the Marine Corps? Um, I did actually, um, at the Dave Schultz tournament that we were just talking about. Mm. Um, that was actually my last tournament to date 
Um, and that was, I got out after that, actually. Um, I tore my ACL and my meniscus. Again, I was actually paired against another Marine. So we were the same weight class, same same bracket, met up in the tournament. And I threw a, I think it was a headlock. And I twisted and popped my meniscus on my ACL. And you said that was what brought your competing days to an end? Yeah, um, just because I was almost done with my contract at that point and by the time i got recovered and had surgery and everything i had like six months on my marine corps contract left so that was that was it for me when looking back at that time in your life is there one match in particular in wrestling that really sticks out to you and you look back at and that's your favorite match um honestly i'm not really sure like i i remember every match uh, well, I remember every match I I lose better, to be honest. But mm. um, I do remember there was controversial match I had where I probably should have won. And looking over the tape and the videos and everything, like I was I was kind of robbed when it came to like points and scoring and stuff like that. And I ended up losing not too long after I should have cleared a tech. But that one always sticks in my head because if I would have taken the time to like slow down myself and understand the situation, I probably could have arguing my way out of it just because I was awarded points that were like redacted. And then, yeah, I mean, just looking back, that's the, that's the one that comes to mind. You know, it was actually at the NYAC international tournament. You said sometimes the losses stick out more than the actual wins. Is it hard for you not to get kind of caught up in the losses, especially, you know, while you are competing, while you were actually signed on to wrestle for the Marine Corps? Um, no, not really, because we, we would wrestle and travel and compete so much that wins and losses, you know, you know in, in wrestling in general, like at the senior level at this point. So like in D1 and in high school, like you track your record a lot at the senior level. You literally just just compete. Like, I don't know anybody who tracks their record at the senior level. So like wins and losses, they they happen, they come and go. And then you just keep competing, keep competing, keep competing. What What people count and what people track are tournament wins and placements and things like that. So like actual records and stuff like that don't really mean too much when it comes to the senior level. So when the records don't matter, I know the tournament wins do, but is it more so just focusing on how like you're actually improving match to match, what you can actually work on? Yeah, 100%. So like you you obviously we'll watch film, we'll watch ourselves, practice where our our gaps and our holes were. Our coach was really good. He was he was such a good tech technician and breaking things down. Um and you just you know, you plug and play, like you, you figure out why you lost points here, why you lost this match, this and that, you know, and then you work on it and get better, come back harder and stronger the next time. Talking to Josh Russo on Forge in Ohio. Now let's talk about DB Trained, where you are the head of mentoring and coaching. Before we talk about your role, tell listeners who may be unaware of DBT, what's it all about? Yeah, so uh, DBT, it's DB Trained, um, started by Daniel Bruce. He's originally from Illinois, I believe. He started a nonprofit wrestling program, and dude, it is, it's incredible. It's incredible what we're able to do in such a short amount of time. We have a lot of high school wrestlers. Um, we have a lot of MMA fighters that we teach. We do camps and we do clinics. We host practices weekly for fighting MMA wrestling, and then we do high school practices like open mats and things like that. DJ, he's got a, he's got a great, great thing going here, and I love to, to be a part of it. He has given me so many opportunities in coaching and stuff like that. Um, it's it's been fantastic so far. When did you first get involved with the uh, the organization? Um, actually, it's kind of like a funny story. I just I just shot him a DM um, on mm-hmm. Instagram one day. This was like 
maybe early 2021, late 2020, maybe. I was I was just finishing up training one day. I was like, I, I, I need to I need to get into coaching. Like I always liked running clinics. You know, we would travel and do clinics and teach kids in the Marine Corps. And I loved coaching and I'm I'm like decent at coaching. So like shot him a shot him a DM one day and asked him if I could meet with him. He was like, Yeah, we have practices this time, I'll see you there. I walked in day one, shook his hand, he's like, Yo, I'm DJ and then he's like, Yeah, they're all yours. And I just ran a practice. We had a great workout. It was it was, it was really cool. So right from the get-go, it kind of seemed like that perfect fit for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, he DJ's he's he's so smart. He he did his homework. I mean, on me, obviously. Uh, we have a lot of connections, so that also helped. Like we we didn't know of each other at the point when I messaged him. After like just diving through the wrestling communities, it's it's pretty tight knit, you know. So um, I know a lot of people from Chicago. He knows a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, we made a we had we had a good connection there. And how long did it take you to get into the role you serve now as the head of mentoring and coaching? So I got this title pretty recently, actually. It was um, when we started back up, I think, earlier this year uh, is when I started my leadership trace. I just kind of, I like to run practices, um, I, and I'm just kind of natural when it comes to that. And DJ, like, he he sees that, and he gave me the opportunity just to, he just lets me do my thing. And he's like, yeah, well, you, you're deserving of this, and um, he really helped me out. He, he put me in the spot earlier this year. Yeah, that's awesome. I also noticed that you guys get a lot of work in at Immortal Martial Arts Center. Is there some type of agreement or partnership between uh, DB Trained and Immortal? Yeah, there is. Uh, I'm not too, uh, I'm not on the inside all that much when it comes to that stuff. Sure. But I do know DJ uh, and Immortal, they, they've got something going on. He, he works with Matt a lot. I know they, they have a lot of conversations and stuff like that. The slogan of DB Trained and the organization is affecting real change one human at a time. Uh, we change lives through the sport of wrestling. How exactly does DBT work to change the lives of these athletes? The fact that it's a, a nonprofit, right? So we do our absolute best to give everything away. And DJ does a fantastic job at that. We don't charge people to wrestle with us. Our fighters are actually, we, uh, we actually help out the fighters through DB Trained. But when it comes to like high school kids and clinics and stuff like that, being that we are a nonprofit organization, there's a lot of opportunities there. So like things like give, being able to give out shoes and um, being donated things to us so that we can give them out and just continue. And there's a lot of work that is planned for the future regarding like beat the streets and running clinics and attendance and and also like plugging in the, the holes for kids who are underprivileged don't have the best wrestling equipment and things like that. Don't have the best people to like, well, to listen to or to be coached by. Um, we try and just give back as, as much as we can in that sense. Yeah. And that's great to hear in, in your mind, why should young mixed martial artists or wrestlers be associated with you and the family at DBT? What's your best sales pitch, if you will. When it comes to like the, the, the mixed martial arts stuff, like the MMA wrestling, I think, I I believe that there was like a whole, and it sounds weird because we all know like Ohio is like dominant when it comes to wrestling. But for some reason there was like, in my opinion, a hole missing where there wasn't like a program. There wasn't like a wrestling program. Like there's incredible gyms around here. There's grappling and, you know, they do all their, there's Muay Thai and fighting and uh, jujitsu and all these amazing things at these awesome gyms. But there was, and to my knowledge, there wasn't like a, like a wrestling background and in my opinion i think greco-roman is such a 
a dominant force when it comes to MMA. I think that is such a good, like uh, a good form to learn when it comes to wrestling, obviously, or when it comes to fighting, I'm sorry, obviously freestyle has its perks and you can use legs and whatever when it comes to MMA, but Greco learning, learning Greco in MMA is, is super, super effective. And there's, and there's tons of, of proof behind that with all the fighters who have had championships in the past and things like that. Right. And it sounds like, you know, DBT kind of filled a void, I guess, in Ohio where they were kind of missing that wrestling presence. For someone that might not know, what are some of those advantages for a mixed martial artist to get into Greco-Roman wrestling? Um, in my opinion, I, I personally think uh, the, the Greco clinch is, is superior to like a Muay Thai clinch or uh, like what most people their clinch work. I think the Greco clinch is more superior because you have so many avenues to take somebody down and to control somebody's body and use your pressure and things like that. But Greco in general, freestyle, you're so you're wrestling, right? You're hunched over fighting. You're upright, you're standing and it translates to Greco Roman like flawlessly. Yeah. And I believe I've had three DBT athletes on Forge in Ohio already. Those being Mad Max Metzger, Joshua the Flying Hawaiian Pereira, and Miles Hershey Robinson. I plan on having more on the podcast in the future, but those three fighters in particular, what do you think about those guys and their games? Oh man, they're so they're awesome. I love I love the fact that we get to work with them. I f- honestly I'm I'm ecstatic to to continue to work with them because there's a lot of work that we can do with with them in particular. Like they're such sound professional fighters like their mindsets and the way they work and the way they move it's it's there it's all it's all there and they're all like on their way to where they are like destined to be you know what i mean so like just giving what i can to them when it comes to like takedowns and greco and um any kind of mma wrestling cage work just makes them better and i i think they appreciate it and you know i i love to be able to share what we know but yeah those guys are those guys are fantastic yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of athletes under the DB trained banner that have high ceilings. But for you, you know, what is it really like being able to get that work in with these young aspiring athletes every single day, every single week? It's amazing, honestly. Like, gets me back in shape, keeps me working, keeps me moving. I I love it, and I love to just help these guys on their way to where they're like destined to be. Like I was saying, it's a it's a it's a it's a great fantastic time, and honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the work we've done so far and they seem to really be taking it in really well. And I can already tell like Josh's previous fight, man, he, his takedown defense was great. He had a few takedowns himself, like a lot of that good, that good wrestling work. Um, he's, he's improving a lot. Max is already a good wrestler, just polishing up and learning some, some additional Greco stuff. He has a Greco background, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just adding more work, you know, different different kind of varieties of techniques, nothing flashy, just trying to do the ground game, high percentage, high effective takedowns, things like that. Things that are like evidence-based and proven to work. You know what I mean? Like try and stay away from the the flashy stuff that gets people hurt or that impresses people. Like I, I prioritize things that work high percentage. Like that is, that is my goal when teaching, when teaching these guys, because you know, you could have a really cool looking takedown that works 50% of the time. Personally, I'd rather just go with a, you know, just an arm drag to a 90% chance of taking somebody down every time, you know? Yeah, and I think it says a lot about you, too, that, you know, you're now paying it forward, right? You used to compete, and now you're using the knowledge and wealth of experience that you've collected in your competing days, and now you're giving it back to others. Has that always been a goal for you? 
honestly, I wouldn't say a goal. So like, I always knew, and it's, it's a weird thing to say, but like my life purpose is to like work with kids. Like that's like, I know that's like what I'm meant to do on this earth, as weird as that may be. And just teaching and inspiring and coaching and things like that. So coaching wrestling, given that I did it for 26 years and am still doing it, yeah, it, it falls right in. Like, I just love to be able to teach these guys. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think that's weird at all. I think it is actually very commendable of your character. Sometimes you're involved with these young mixed martial artists, but really young could be anywhere from, you know, 18 to 25 even. But uh, wrestling with children and kids, what's your experience like with that? Um, that's the best, honestly. Just there's a lot that comes from wrestling, resiliency and um, having a good mindset and being able to go through more challenging things. And and I'm sure you've heard it the same, but wrestling just it just sets people apart from the rest. Like there's something that wrestling implements into into you, instills into you this discipline and this this drive and this hard work, like ethic that you have that you build and you take away from wrestling. And to see kids, like young kids, like I've worked with kids as young as like four or five years old. And to see them just like working hard and to instill that sort of discipline and drive is is incredible because those are incredible life qualities that, you know, the mentorship aspect, like that'll change a kid's life. And it changed mine. Honestly, I had some great coaches. And like I was saying earlier, I, I was a pretty defiant high school kid. So when I finally got down to it, wrestling in the Marines, like my life changed. And I just want to give that back. How often are you actually like in the corner of these athletes when they're competing? Um, I haven't. I haven't yet, actually. Mm. Um, I'm always open to it. Um, I'm not going to invite myself. I'm not going to do anything like that. But I don't know what sort of um, they, they, all have, they have their own coaches. They have their own teams and things like that. But, you know, I'm always open to it. If, if I'm called on, you know, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm not wanted or anything like that. Do you think that would be like a stressful thing for you to get into cornering these athletes? I've talked to other people when they're cornering people that they've trained and it, it seems like a more stressful and anxious place to be in rather than actually competing yourself. I don't know. I, I don't know that I would agree with that. Honestly, like I don't find coaching, like I've coached from the side, sure. obviously like I've coached wrestling from the side, but I've never coached a fighter from outside. Um, like while they're having a fight, I mean, um, so I don't know that it would be stressful Things like that don't really stress me out too much. Like there's bigger things in life to worry about, yeah. honestly. But uh, yeah, I just think it's 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 not, I wouldn't be stressed out by it by any means. Once again, this is Josh Russo with us on Forge in Ohio. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you some questions about your passion aside from wrestling, because I'm speaking to a World Axe Throwing League pro. How are you exposed to the world of axe throwing and what got you into it? Man, axe throwing. I started Axelron maybe four years ago now. A buddy of mine, we just went out one day and tried it. There was a spot here in Columbus that we wanted to go to, and it sounded fun. I just got out of the Marine Corps. I was looking to get back into something because, you know, I was wrestling five days a week, training. So I needed. I was, like, missing something, and I wasn't coaching at that point. I wasn't training. I was lifting, but I needed, like, that sportsmanship feel. I needed to get back into something, so I – we just went axe throwing one day and dude, it just, it clicked with me. And then my friend and I, we just hundred percent dove into it. And it's been, it's been a fantastic ride so far. Yeah, that's awesome. And this might be a silly question, but any correlations between the world of wrestling and the world of axe throwing? 100%. Yeah. There's, there's so much and it's 
a lot of it has to do with like my training ethic, my wrestling experience, my mindset from wrestling. It all translates to axe throwing. Like axe throwing, what you think it as like as like a beer league in the bar, just like being drunk and throwing axes or whatever. That's that's not that's not what we do. That's not the level that we're at. Like like the World Axe League at its prime, like the professional aspect of it, it's a sport. Like it's 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 a real sport and it's competitive and there's a lot of money on the line. And in order to perform, you have to have a right mindset. You have to be able to clear your head. You have to have the right mechanics. So a lot of what I learned from wrestling and in the sense of being able to train my mind and train my body and go through the repetitions that translated into axe throwing very well. And I even took a lot of the techniques that I learned from wrestling, like running and hosting clinics and teaching people. I created uh, a team of axe throwing um, called Valkyrian Steel with my with my good friend and we actually host clinics. We teach people how to axe throw. And, I, I, I'm, and I'm not even joking. I took the exact framework that we used to use in the Marine Corps teaching wrestling, and I applied it to axe throwing. And, dude, it's it's fantastic. So as a WATL pro, how often are you actually training and throwing axes? At my at my prime, I'm kind of, I've kind of taken a backseat this year just because I'm, I'm really busy with – I'm in grad school right now, so traveling. I, I go to school in Toledo, so a lot of my time is occupied doing that. But when I was in my prime, training prime, I mean, for Axon, I would throw a good two to three hours a day, maybe, maybe four to five times a week, um, do as many tournaments as I possibly could, travel. There was a one point where I was I did over 20 tournaments last year, actually, just traveling to multiple different states, flying a whole bunch and competing. And, and it, it's invaluable, honestly. Right. And I know I'm speaking to a very credentialed wrestler and now an axe thrower, but just competing so much in axe throwing. What's the wear and tear like on the arm when you're actually throwing so many axes? Personally, I haven't really had any like athletic injuries when it came to axe throwing like from the movements or from throwing or i you would think like oh you're throwing over 500 axes a day it's gonna hurt but i was like when you practice like you throw so much more in practice than you do at a tournament so like if you're conditioned for it you'll be okay and i don't really know too many people that have been injured like through throwing itself but yeah i i haven't been injured i don't I don't have any lingering pain. I can tell you, though, that my right arm has gotten a lot bigger than my left arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I know I know you've been featured on ESPN, but what's the highest level of axe throwing that you've competed at? So I've qualified for the World Axe Throwing League Championship. So it's the, it's the World Championship. Uh, I've, I've made it to that four times. Um, they take 64 people, uh, and then the next year it was like doubled, and then it, it gets bigger and bigger. But yeah, the highest level I competed at was I actually made the the world finals in 2021. I, I ended yeah. up taking second, but I mean that's still really good, second place. Yeah, you no, know, it was it yeah. was fantastic. I'm very happy with it. I've always wanted to go axe throwing, but have never really made the effort in going. Any tips or tricks? I know you have that training seminar for axe throwing, but tips and tricks for newcomers who plan on throwing an axe for the first time. Don't treat it like baseball treat it like darts so axe throwing in my opinion it's just big glorified darts where you're standing still and you're moving one part of your arm don't you don't be the cool guy and try to throw it like a baseball or anything like that yeah that's definitely an interesting way to think about axe throwing 
Uh, I know you said you're kind of taking a backseat to it right now, being in grad school, but when could people potentially see you compete in axe throwing again? Yeah, I, I know. I, I just said I'm taking a backseat, but I have a tournament next month. Um, hmm. I'll be in D.C. Uh, for a pretty big tournament. It's a Tier 1. Tier 1 means like it's it's the, the biggest non-televised tournament in in the the World Axe Throwing League. But, yeah, so I, I have a tournament in D.C. next month. And are you kind of already, you know, training and getting ready and prepping for that tournament? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I do I do leagues regularly, so like weekly leagues, just to keep me throwing, keep me warm, um, learning new techniques and polishing the techniques that I, I have still. And I do a lot of called marathon leagues, where so it'll 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 take like eight weeks of like a league. So like a league is one night a week for eight weeks. Uh, a marathon league is eight weeks condensed into one day it sounds like a lot but that's actually my favorite way to throw it keeps me uh, i throw my best when i'm like really warmed up but i do a lot of marathon leagues so that that's essentially my the the most of my training when it comes to preparing for this upcoming tournament well before we wrap up josh anything you want to shout out in terms of you know social media handles sponsorships anything coming up for dbt you know partnerships anything like that um yeah i just want to give a shout out to, to dbt db trained DJ's got a fantastic thing going here. Uh, we're working really hard to make it bigger and grow the sport of wrestling within MMA in Columbus. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Josh Russo, three S's in my last name. I just want to say thank you to you as well for, for giving me the, the time and the opportunity to be on here. Of course, man. It's my pleasure having you on the program, and I thank you for joining me on Forge in Ohio. Hearing your story and experience in wrestling was incredible, and I think it says a lot about your character, like I said, that you are now paying your knowledge and experience forward to others with DB Trained. Uh, before I let you go, we got to show our pride for the state that we live in. I always end interviews on Forge in Ohio with this chant. It goes like this, OH. I O. Thank you, Josh. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to seeing you uh, compete in Axthong here soon, and I look forward to talking to you and more DB-trained athletes uh, down the line. For sure. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. That was Josh Russo, a former six-year senior-level wrestler for the U.S. Marines. He's one great athlete. Now he's putting work in with some of the best young and upcoming fighters here in the state of Ohio with DB Trained and Immortal Martial Arts Center. Hope you all enjoyed that discussion, and you can expect to hear more about DB Trained and their athletes on future episodes of Forge in Ohio. If you haven't already, follow the new Forge in Ohio Instagram page for episode highlights and so much more. Also, support the podcast by downloading, subscribing, and sharing these conversations with others. I've been your host, Jake Murin, and this was Forged in Ohio.